0: I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to a little slice of history. This is the first, yes, the very first official empire podcast yes 10 years after the internet was invented we finally dipped our toes into the podcast waters aren't they lovely every week we'll be bringing you the finest movie news reviews interviews and other assorted movie nonsense that money can buy and what's more you get it for free can't say fairer than that every week i'll be joined by a brain trust of some of the finest movie journalists in the land but given that this is the first episode and recording clashes with countdown none of them could make it so instead i'm joined by the learned helen o'hara helen how are you
1: I'm very well, thank you.
0: Excellent. Answer me this. What's the last movie you watched?
1: The last film I saw was uh, Nazis on the Moon drama Iron Sky. What the hell? Yep. Okay. he's on the moon. Good. Turns out that's where they went after 1945.
0: Really? <laughs> <Okay>. Documentary, <laughs> yeah. is it? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> uh, next, we have the Half Man, Half BFI, that is our resident arthouse house expert, Mr. Phil Dissemlian. How the devil are you?
2: Very well. Thank you very much, Chris. Excellent. What was the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched was John Cusack Gothic Horror Thriller Drama Crime Crisis <laughs> The Raven. I don't even know what that means. Is he it the as I said? No, it's actually a lot concise than that last sentence. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay. So we'll look forward to that in no, a yeah. future episode of the podcast. And last but almost certainly least, we have the effervescent Ali Plummer. He's doing a very, very <laughs> and sad that's just face. His hair. Oh, poor old Ali. Uh, hey, how's it going? Uh, Going well, thank you Yeah, despite that insult I apologise I didn't know it came over me Uh, What was the last movie you watched?
3: Uh, The last movie I watched Was Local Hero Which was to make up For the bloody gruesomeness That was The Raid I went home and watched Something really lovely
0: Yeah, Ali and I Watched The Raid last night Together Um, Now, The Raid Is awesome You say bloody gruesomeness But it's also bloody awesomeness Correct?
3: When I said bloody gruesome I did in no way Mean that as a
0: bad thing It It is great You were not disparaging The Raid Which is the action movie Of the year And if it isn't The action movie of the year Then we'd be in for two stumps classics in 2012 and i'll be a very happy bunny indeed and that was the last movie i saw uh absolutely now as you might expect the internet is ablaze with speculation about what this podcast might contain now frankly we don't have a clue but you've already been in touch with us on the twitter machine uh which is at empire magazine indeed if you want to contribute to future episodes simply tag your hash empire podcast now we've got some uh, some tweets here some mmf hennessy says to vote the entire episode to defending the original five-star Phantom Menace review without irony. That would be awesome. <laughs> wouldn't Ah-ha!
1: it be awesome, Chris? Was, it, it would be
0: awesome. Now, aha, there was no original five-star Phantom Menace review. It was a I'm... five-star Attack of the Clones review. <coughs>
1: that's true, actually. <coughs> that yeah, was people get this was, yeah. wrong about us. Uh, absolutely. I mean, we were still wrong. We were massively <laughs> wrong, yeah. But we were less wrong. Yeah, and absolutely. And that's
0: important. And uh, sadly, MMF Hennessy, I can't defend the Attack of the Clones review, which was written 10 years ago. By me, 10 years ago. Now, you lots changed. I was young. You
1: needed the money. I needed the
0: money. I was drunk. What can I say? At Original John 1 says to his mates, you know, he CC'd on this, uh, Empire is stealing our thunder with their first podcast, to which one of his friends, At Last Son 78, replied, fuck him. They're not as funny as us. He
1: I can't believe he tripped our evil scheme to steal his thunder. I know. That was what this is all about. That was it, Um, yeah.
0: Ten years in the making. We finally decided, we heard, we got wind that you guys were doing a podcast and we decided to steal your thunder. But yeah, you guys are funnier than us, so what can we do? Who Uh, are they again? I have no idea. Um, And at Paul J. Chambers, he of the Twitter joke trial fame, says, and I quote, Woohoo, this is going to be... Insert internet exclamation meme of Joyce here. and even did the hashtag Emperor Podcast. Now, we had to include him or he threatened to blow us all up and we'd get quite messy topical indeed. Humor. I know, topical Topic. humour. Anyway, indeed. Uh, so no pressure then. Thanks, guys, for your, your tweets and your emails. Do keep them coming. And now let's get on with it. Now, we wanted some jingles to try and break up the different sections of the podcast, but you know be an empire and not having a budget we didn't actually have any so we asked some readers to contribute first up is Dom Curry with his magnificent Fox thing we're gonna choose a different one every week but this is the first one we've chosen because it sounds like this let us know what you think (laughs) Wow now that's professional
1: no I just worry that we might seem partisan to Fox <laughs> if we use that because otherwise that would be a slam dunk
0: absolutely if you can you know send it a you know, jingle if you're <laughs> farting Universal theme tune or something Well, be sure to use that <laughs> next week uh, do send us your jingles and your mp3s and whatever it is you kids are doing these days to podcast at empireonline.com you can do it Right, now it's time for the news. Every week we're going to dissect what's been happening in the world of movie news because, frankly, if we didn't, we'd just sit here staring at each other and that wouldn't make for good listening. Now, the big one this week is about a certain name change, isn't it? Empire Magazine's Helen O'Hara Assemble.
1: Why, yes, it is <laughs> Empire Magazine's Chris Hewitt <laughs> Assemble. Uh, this is about The Avengers, which, for the purposes of its UK release, has been redubbed Marvel Avengers Assemble. What uh, the hell? This is apparently to <laughs> avoid <laughs> confusion with the popular 1960s TV series about John Steed appeal right um and also its lesser famed uh film version of 1998 mm-hmm. uh, which less least said by soon soonest mended. absolutely um, and i guess uh, they were worried that people would be confused and would would walk out of the avengers appalled that instead of a guy with an umbrella mm. they were merely getting four superheroes for the price of one um four leading superheroes of plus supporting plus a guy with
0: a bow and arrow which could easily be mistaken for an umbrella it, there is I a lady in a cat suit.
1: There is a lady in a black cat suit. Uh, mean, yeah, and she's got red hair. Potential problems. Absolutely. Um, however, uh, it is of course Marvel's The Avengers, not you know the '60s The Avengers, and therefore to avoid all this possibility of getting it mixed up they've redubbed it now i personally think that the new title would be even better with additional punctuation imagine if you put in an exclamation mark after that marvel (laughs) it would give it this sort of wonderful kind of slightly medievally town crier kind of feel you know marvel avengers assemble you know Uh brian blessing kind of thing didn't somebody
2: suggest Marvel Avengers Assemble in an adventure with scientists <laughs> of, of Mars. I think it was your brother
0: Nick. Yes, he suggested that.
2: Normally comes out with rubbish, but that's not
1: <laughs> bad. <laughs> that's
2: can right I just say one himself. thing though? We, no. we, you know, we had the conversation about it, and everybody was a bit shocked and appalled. And this is going to sound like blasphemy, but I walked away last night and chatted to w- one of my friends who's not, you know, he loves movies, but he's not big into the kind of Marvel universe. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, look, it's the Avengers cover of our magazine. Are oh, they remaking it, it Uma Thurman in it?" And I was just like, oh, okay, so yeah, no, you literally don't know what this is. There
1: is a, there is an absolute, uh, that is absolutely true of this country. I think if people, if you say the Avengers, certainly anyone That's over our, about our age will assume they mean John mm. Cena and MFL. Um and, and a lot of people under our age, I mean, you know, the comics haven't been that big here, I think it's fair to say. And certainly if we're talking about the majority of people, they will be mm. thinking about the wrong thing or they won't know what it is. Mm. Having said that, um, I think the people who are going to go into the c- cinema in the summer they're going to see immediately from a poster from mm. anything yeah. that it's not that. Do you yeah. think the
2: studios are overthinking things a little bit with these movie titles and changes?
1: Sometimes I worry that they are.
2: Possibly,
0: yeah. I mean, the, we'll the whole John Carter of Mars uh, situation is very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and if you I miss if you watch, the I miss the of Mars absolutely. Uh, is there a film it like was like the grouped out of existence. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you watch the film, there are very uh, several very clever nods to the uh, the of Mars uh, in there that understand Stanton has presumably slipped past to Disney, who of course are also responsible for uh, Marvel Avengers Assemble, which should have a Ron Burgundy-esque question mark at the end. Avengers Assemble? <laughs> uh, but honestly, if you think if you are in any way confused uh, between this movie and the 1997 movie The Avengers, this one has a Hulk in it. <laughs> for the love of God, people! Honestly. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. And no umbrellas. And no umbrellas. Is assembled the least? Umbrella.
2: I know it's integral, but is assembled the least sexy word to ever appear in a movie title? <laughs> <laughs> Could it not have been like Marvel Avengers get Aroused. together and do stuff, exciting things?
0: No, that wouldn't fit in a poster. Yeah,
2: that would be, okay.
0: be pretty yeah. lengthy. Go, go yeah. landscape. Uh, one of the I'll best guys it. I saw was uh, someone sent it in Sweden, home of IKEA, it's now uh, Marvel Avengers self-assembly, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> Well The Avengers is one of my most eagerly anticipated films this year. I was on set. Bit of a humble brag there. Uh, Top of the list though even ahead of The Dark Knight Rises is Ridley Scott's return to the world of Alien, which of course is Prometheus. Now Ali, something big has been happening in the world of Prometheus this week, hasn't it? Yes,
3: uh, the beginning of the Prometheus viral campaign. Ooh. We, you mentioned the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. uh, obviously the crowned king of that sort of thing, and this one's an absolute cracker. It's uh, got Guy Pearce mm-hmm. playing Mr Wayland himself uh, as he gives a TED talk. For those who don't know what a TED talk is, Uh, It's kind of a, you know, for free, information-spreading, peace and love, big thinkers, Bill Clinton's done it, you know, it's a really big deal. And they've taken that, they've done kind of a cross-media platform thing, and they've put, uh, what's his name, Wayland? Peter. Peter. Peter Peter Wayland, that's right. And now he starts giving the speech, you know, as if he's doing a TD thing. It's set in 2023, and if anybody knows that Alien continuity, Alien starts in... Twenty-one, twenty-three. So there's at least a hundred years before you know all that stuff goes down. Mm-hmm. But it's very interesting. Kind of, uh, I think uh, our online writer James called it a back door to the story. doesn't give away any spoilers, but it's fascinating. He talks about how he has all this ambition, how he wants to take all of the technology that he already has and take it even further. Mm-hmm. But there are loads of little Easter eggs hidden about. <laughs> Um, We've also got, obviously, the name of the ship as mentioned. Now, he does this through telling the story of Prometheus. If you Mm -hmm. you don't know the story of Prometheus, it's a Greek tale of how Prometheus stole fire from the Titans. You're pretty good in your mythology, Helen.
1: A god, I believe, but yes. God, so he was a titan. He was a titan. He stole fire from, from the, gods. the gods. And gave it to the poor, suffering masses down below, and for his trouble was tied to a mountainside with an eagle who came daily and ate his liver, I believe. That's great. And and star in Clash of the Titans. And, he was, uh, yeah. No, there were no titans That's in Clash of the Titans.
3: Sorry. So, <laughs> he talks about this in terms of, you know, technology, how he's going to go even further. Um, he also uses the line, an absolutely amazing line, we are the gods now. Which is, you know, addictive. Well, that,
0: that's and that's a reference, isn't it, to uh, I think Michael Fassbender's character and the androids that constantly spring up throughout the Alien franchise. So obviously Bishop Ash in an uh, Alien and uh, Fassbender's character David is an android. Um, and there are a couple of interesting references in there to uh, to yeah, like we are the gods line, but there's also an interesting reference to uh, to T. E. Lawrence, That's fine, which I yeah. think might play into the film in some way. And it's very interesting that Guy Pierce has, has been revealed because if you looked at the IMDb previously for a few months before uh, before this big reveal. People thought he was he was listed as playing a different character. It, he people didn't know that Wayland was in this film, mm. and it's just interesting to see how that's going to tie into the film. Uh, ultimately and if you look at the, the the date that Prometheus takes place which is about 30 years before Alien and this is 100 years before Alien, this this TAD speech. Um, I'm wondering if Guy Pierce is going to appear in maybe some other guys in Prometheus. If you stop the trailer, if you if you go freeze frame uh, the trailer which we did for our big trailer breakdown That's a couple, of, um, a couple of months ago, there is an old aged man. Yeah. On the uh, on the on the ship of Prometheus. Mm. Now, could that be in Guy Pearce in style. prosthetics? We'll... And
3: the other thing, of course, is why Wayland and not Wayland Utani? I immediately mm. want to know why. At mm. what point do they merge? Is it because of what happens in Prometheus, the film, that they have to merge with the Japanese giant? What is going on here? Mm-hmm. There are just so many question marks, and that's the sign of a very very good viral mm. video
2: where you are enjoying it, but also just going,
3: "What's happening next? What's going on?" Ah,
2: it's great stuff. I would have liked to have seen Guy Pearce's character wearing the Paul Reiser suit from aliens <laughs> if, of course, with the, with the collar wow. course, that's the classic we're all
0: left, yeah absolutely well, thinking, more Paul this Riser, tutorial, that's what this, that's what this needs angle. but it's weird isn't it because uh, obviously there were no final campaigns when the alien came out and I hope that Prometheus retained some of its secrets by the time the, the movie comes out because if you had known in 1979 that, that, that an alien chestburster was going to come out of John Hurt's stomach mm. then yeah it might have ruined the movie somewhat for us so it's going to be interesting to see if we can keep that, that, that air of mystery they? no they didn't know it's going <laughs> to be uh, which is uh, going to be fun to watch but right, the other big news story of the week of course was the Oscars with the uh, the artist and Hugo scooping five prizes each although Hugo's were largely technical which means that if you're in blockbuster and you see a copy of Hugo and it goes winner of five Academy Awards it should have a little asterisk going yeah but they were mainly technical whereas the artists were all like hey people for acting and writing things and stuff so
1: well done to Ali's mate dad I say
0: Ali's yeah. made dad, John Midgley. John Midgley, hats off to you uh, for having an
3: Oscar. I can't wait to go around your house World and for. touch it. He got it for sound mixing. He's been nominated twice before, once for Phantom Menace and once for King's Speech last year. And he's finally got it. He's also interviewed um, by myself <clears throat> on the uh-huh. website. So if you want to see how he felt before he got the Oscar, he quote-unquote called it the kiss of death. <laughs> um then please do read it because there's bucket loads of irony and it's actually quite interesting.
1: Let's hope not. Have
3: you spoken to him since he won it? Um I have. He kind of drunkenly texted yeah. me, Oh thanks so much. Yay, I'm so
0: happy.
1: Who um, is this? Oh. Who are you? <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm too important now.
0: That was a booty call at 3 AM. Kissing
2: death.
0: <laughs> Were there any other surprises, guys? Were you would, eh. what did you think of the ceremony? But a bit eh. meh wasn't it, really? Eh.
1: It was, nothing went horribly wrong. Nobody tripped on the way up the stairs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Meryl Streep didn't forget her glasses or her shoe as she did at previous uh, ceremonies. Um, It it was fine. I I didn't, you know, nothing Billy Crystal said massively offended me, but at the same time, the the only times that I was really with him were a couple of sort of very quick little ad-libs. I liked his introduction to Christian Bale. He said something like, uh, you know, a dark knight, an American psycho, a crack addict. You'll have your choice on Super Tuesday. But in the meantime, <laughs> here's Kristen. Okay. That, that, was that was about good. as good as it got. But a lot of his other jokes were a bit safe
3: yeah a couple of things i think everyone's been talking about since there's always a few talking points obviously when ryan seacrest got kim jong-il dumped <laughs> on his face in his dinner jacket i know it's nothing to do with actually yep. anything to do with the oscars all the movies it's just on the red carpet it was a yep. promotional tool from sasha baron craig very interesting but everyone was mean, talking about hard? it Whoa. also mm. uh we have billy crystal uh blacking up and doing a sammy davis jr thing again in a old i fashion, think that's controversial Parisian I think cap. They, no 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 he you say does that, that. but but there are people who are certainly my age i'm in my mid-20s who's i'm just totally unaware of this and Mm. when i saw him i was like and what is that why and i don't get it and if the oscars Mm. presumably are trying to um maybe tilt a little bit towards the younger side of things i don't think getting billy crystal to black up um is necessarily the right way of doing it Um, and the other thing i would say that was very interesting was the bridesmaids girls going on the stage and continuing their scorsese drinking game and Scorsese being a great sport, and uh, kind of. So I didn't get the Scorsese
0: drinking game thing. Where did that come from? Essentially, again, I, I
1: believe they were just playing it all night. Anytime anyone that mentioned the name Martin Scorsese, they had to drink, and uh, they had their miniatures with them going up on stage. Now I, I assume that they discussed it in advance, doing it on stage. They must have done, but it still played very well in the house.
3: Previous ceremonies, they've been doing it because an easy way of. You know, drinking is knowing that Scorsese is going to be nominated at least, or cut to, or mentioned, Mm -hmm. say in the Golden Globes or whatever. So they decided, right, Scorsese schlock one down and so them whipping out these little miniature, I
0: think, vodka bottles from their uh, dresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> very funny. I, I just didn't get it. I didn't think it was that funny. that bit. But yeah, That's just me. Uh, yeah, it was a very, a, a very dull ceremony. I thought Billy Crystal was pretty awful, actually, until the second half where he started to cut loose and, and do a few ad-libs. I mean, really, do we need to see him insert himself into films anymore? Honestly, that's really, really tired. And that shtick where he sings the, the names of the nominees. Also his opening gag. My God. He comes on, gets some applause and goes, thank you, thank you. That was extremely loud and incredibly close that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it may have been extremely loud. Maybe. Incredibly close. Applause can't be incredibly close. Get better writers. It
1: was a reference to a film. Chris. What? What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hyperventilating here. But hey, whatever. At the end of the night, the artist won and I'm and, very, and very happy about that. That was
1: all you've been hoping for since Cannes last year. It's been eight months. Essentially, you've been campaigning for the artist. People have given Harvey Weinstein the credit. Yeah. But it was you.
0: Harvey Weinstein gets a lot of a lot of flack. He hasn't really. I mean, how much direct influence does he have on people for the, for the artist?
1: I hear he's
0: been, like, literally sort of... Our lawyers, lawyers are banging on the door right now. Anyway, so we probably can't go into that. But I saw the artist in Cannes back in May and I was absolutely blown away by it. and I, I kind of wish I'd put some money at that at the time for winning, winning Best Picture, because I might have been able to retire by well, now. You put but all
2: your money on Liverpool winning the Champions League.
0: I did. Well, yeah. So Wrong podcast. Wrong Yeah, podcast. Oh, no. that's, that's, yeah. that's not Woo. go there, Phil, shall we? <laughs> uh, I don't, don't believe Spurs are in the Champions League either this year. But anyway, anyway. Uh, so in the interest of winning big next year, what do we reckon is going to be in contention for the 2013
2: Oscars? I know I know, it's very early, but any any front frontrunners? Uh, strippers vs. Werewolves. That's a big one. I think there's three Andersons in it. Paul Thomas, Pamela? Paul WS, okay. and Pamela. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure Paul Thomas is one to look out for, so look out for, for Resident, Resident Evil, Evil <laughs> Retribution or <laughs> Baywatch on Blu-ray. Is Pamela Anderson in Strippers vs. Werewolves? Uh, I think
3: she's in Resident Evil Assemble,
2: werewolf. I think. That's her one.
3: <laughs> Resident so Evil you think, Assemble. Do you
2: think Paul uh, Thomas oh, I the master. Interestingly, about Scientology, kind of, a potentially, <gasps> allegedly, 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 maybe probably allegedly. not. It's got Cruz and Travolta's vote. Allegedly,
0: <laughs> allegedly. <laughs>
3: exactly. Uh, and I remember how well Battleship new,
0: but... Field Earth did, so there's yeah. that. Is it
2: a sequel? <laughs> <laughs> a prequel.
0: <Field> <laughs> yeah, you remember Battleship what Earth. What I you remember? Field, <laughs> field Earth. I do remember Battleship Field Earth. do Earth. Helen, do you have a, do you have a front runner? Anything that you think might um...
1: scoop the Oscar? I'll be honest, I kind of don't yet. Yeah, I think, you know, the technical categories are going to be You got my note to prepare
0: for this podcast, didn't you? You got, you got that one.
1: I didn't get that one. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, the thing is that the, the, the films that we can spot coming at this time of year yeah. for the following year are inevitably the big films. And the big films pretty much inevitably don't get lots of oscar nominations with the possible mm-hmm, exception yeah. of avatar and titanic so basically you know james cameron doesn't have one coming out this year so that rules out most of the big films right. um, it would be nice to think that the dark knight rises would would get some kind of uh, acknowledgement it, it could d- pull the return of the king and suddenly could get, uh, suddenly get the, the plaudits that were denied uh, its previous installment
0: it could bag um, um yeah some technical awards likely. Well, yeah, people kicked up a fuss in two thousand and eight when it wasn't when The Dark Knight wasn't nominated.
1: Yes, but as we saw this year, I mean, they, they released the sort of the the breakdown, the statistical breakdown of Oscars voters, and that's something that's worth remembering. There's something mm. like ninety percent male, seventy percent over sixty, mm. um, and uh, and ninety seven percent white. Twenty one percent dead as well, which I thought was quite interesting. Twenty one percent dead. It is. A, it's an interesting uh, <laughs> breakdown, and, and that that demographic is obviously very very pivotal. Um, but the point being that they're not going to. To bow to fanboy demands to give Chris Nolan what the fanboys
0: <laughs> <laughs> <to> do. <laughs> I know. I, I was cutting out some of my letters from uh, from, from Metro this morning. Send a letter off to the Academy. <laughs> if you do not nominate Dark Knight Rises, something bad will happen to you. Um, what he about the Hobbit? In a muffled voice. Yeah. Uh,
1: the technical awards.
0: I don't know. What? But Return of the King swept the board last time.
2: Admittedly, on a wave of sentimentality. But
1: anything else? This is the
2: part two. two. Yeah. If there's going to. And
1: secondly, The Hobbit is a is a children's book much more so than Lord of the Rings, and I think they're going to be up against it. I I mean, obviously, they're making it much darker and more adult, and bringing in that sort of that that extra strand of warfare. But I still see it being a bit more of a technical thing.
2: Look out for untitled Terence Malick projects. There's two of
0: them, Uh, and they're not untitled anymore. Uh, they're Knights of Lawless and uh, something else no Knights of Cups or something and Lawless I can't remember what they're called they should be untitled
2: frankly <laughs> but, what Chris uh, said
1: yes they are untitled as they well are. As Chris
2: is concerned. yes they, they, they might as well be and untitled. also can I just quickly say Lincoln uh, Spielberg's next project yes. new film filming now it's got the most apart from obviously um Lincoln himself, Daniel Day-Lewis, who's, who's incredible. It's he's most, won, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's already got best actor in the bag. Potentially, but it's got the most amazing support cast. I'm looking at it, it's, you know those 27 percenters, those actors that improve every fun, but it's got all of them. David Strathairn, Jared Harris, Jackie L. Haley, Tommy Lee Jones, John Hawkes, Michael Stolberg, all those guys. Wow, so it's going to it's be like hundred yeah, percent Yeah, too much. Maths, Maths wins the Oscar.
0: It's going to be <laughs> huge. Look out for that. And of course Taken 2. I think might sweep the board next year, but well, physically, well, we you know, shall Liam Neeson will mount the stage. He will add Oscar winning to his particular set particular of skills. Skills assemble, indeed. Uh, that's enough of that news malarkey. Uh, coming up, a special guest drops in. Paddy Considine's Tyrannosaur was one of the best British films of last year and for my money featured the best performance by anyone in any film from Olivia Coleman. It's out now on Blu-ray and Paddy dropped in the other week to talk about the film's reception and intriguingly his collection of Rocky memorabilia. Well it's always fun to have a special guest on the Empire podcast and I'm delighted to be joined by the great Paddy Considine who's the writer and director Ooh. of course of Tyrannosaur if you haven't seen it check it out it is amazing.
4: Paddy how are you? Thank you, Chris. I'm all right. I'm all right, and I'm. It's nice to be the first one. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Is it's that honored. true? Yeah, it is. You're I am the first well, one. On. Yeah, well, I'm honoured.
0: It's great. <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about Tyrannosaur now? You must be pretty talked out about this film. Yeah,
4: I've had enough, man. It's done. <laughs> it's finished. I said, "See you later." It la- a year ago, you know, before yeah. we went to Sundance. So, you know, it's it's a hard slog keeping your energy up. Yeah, about just, it, you know, because you, you've obviously, I'm really proud of it, and, I, and I'm, I, I, it's a piece that means a lot to me personally. But you do get to the point where you've kind of had enough, and it's time to move on now. Mm. Just yeah. when you
0: thought you were, they were you were out. They pull you back. They in. They pull you
4: no? back in like, again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you must be, like you say, you are proud of the film. I mean, it's it made oh, yeah. two hundred and fifty thousand pounds at the UK box office, yeah. which obviously in the world of transformers and whatnot may not seem a lot, but for a film this size. That's a matter of success,
4: isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, if you compare it to some other films, I've been told that um, it is a it is a success, bizarrely. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm sure it was like the. Kind of dinner money on something like Transformers, <laughs> Perhaps, <laughs> yeah. Craft services, but yeah. But you yeah, know, yeah. it's all—I don't know. You know, you can sit here and pile on about these big movies, and it's so what. You know, it's all good. I'm glad that it reached that mm. last week. We got it past that mark, and mm. it's a success in 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 a lot of ways. So I'm I'm really pleased that people made the effort to just get it on more screens it was disappointing when we went out on 40 screens mm-hmm. and i think then we dropped to 37 and then the third week was a really dramatic drop to about 14 screens or something oh, wow. you know and it is disheartening you think oh god nobody really cares mm. but um it's clawed its way back in in some way so um it, 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 oh, i didn't break any records but you know it, it, people do want to see these kind of stories they do want to be challenged and Mm. that's encouraging yeah
0: but it's tough Mm. isn't it in this industry for a small
4: british film to break out yeah it is i think you know i just think there's a lot of people that really don't care on mass and somehow films are judged on their kind of performance and what Mm. what's deemed to be success is how much money they make and this didn't Mm. make money um
2: what did you make of David Cameron's comments recently about, about British filmmakers? Well, all I could gather was that they were, they, they
4: were trying to, uh, you know, f- formulate some way to make successful films, <laughs> you know, and it's, how the hell can you make successful films? Nobody has the formula for what's a successful film. Um, and you know, I, I, I just, the, the, the bottom line is that an industry really doesn't exist in this country. Um, it's not like America where, you know, since it was established over there, it it became an industry and it grew and grew. It's not the same here. And, um, I I don't, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I'm not sure if there'll ever be a time when there is. We'll we'll always have runaway successes and films that score well and, and break out and they're successful. And, um... I I just don't see where there's a formula in it and, it, and you you can't start to contrive films and fashion them, um, really. If you start to do that, you're going to do what Hollywood inevitably has done with its with its blockbuster movies, which is you dry, drown out the creativity and uh, mm-hmm. whether you like Tyrannosaur or not, you know, under that kind of regime that, that this film would not get made and lots of films like it wouldn't get made. And uh, you've got to. You've got to trust in new writers and, and directors and new talent. Um, that's, th- that's the breeding ground.
1: And when British films tried to make sort of successful big pictures, we've ended up with things like Thunderbirds, which didn't, yeah, didn't do well. which you know?
4: didn't do well. <laughs> and look, nobody makes a film and puts that much money into it and hopes that it bombs. Yeah. It's just somewhere along the way they've got it wrong. Yeah. They've, they've got it wrong, whether it's the writing... Um, whether it's the execution of it, you know when they come to direct it, a lot of these films are made by committee. Mm. They just are and um, and I think I think they suffer. It takes a really strong voice, a, a really strong presence as a filmmaker to kind of keep the the wolves off away from your jugular and out in the edit room. <laughs> yeah, but I think you 've got to be that strong you 've got to stand by your 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 vision.
0: I was just going to say, talking to people who've seen this film, they seem deeply, deeply affected by it, and they they keep talking about how it was overlooked, how Olivia was overlooked in particular, the Baptist and the Oscars, Uh, you must be proud of that reaction, that that people feel so much about this movie, that they almost take it personally that she hasn't been nominated.
4: Yeah, I I do think it's really encouraging, and it just really proves one thing that um, they'll decide, people will decide at the end of the day not not a jury in a room, we put, uh, we put. Uh, Tyrannosaurus won nearly 30 awards now, mm. since it went to Sundance, yeah. and um, how many more awards do you want, you know, to... Uh, it's <laughs> 12. A, yeah, <laughs> just, just another 12. <laughs> 42 and that's it, you're done. <laughs> yeah, 42, and I'm, out, and I'm done, I'm out of here, I promise you. But it's it just gets to that point where, I don't know, it, it becomes too important, it's nice to be on it, but it just becomes too important. Um, it's not really significant um the job's been done the work's been done and the people'll decide They're, if you i said this to olivia you know that you know you're the people's champ and that's the most important precious title you could have because mm. they will ultimately decide and you're right it was a lot of people were very passionate about her performance in the film and the fact that she was overlooked i can only think that um they just didn't watch the film,, mm. I think they thought they knew what they were getting. you know that they read the they read the opening of a review and it's brutal, hard, whatever yeah. kitchen sink, yeah, do we need any more films like this? But if you sat through the film, you know and the majority the huge majority of people have experienced something else at the end of it, something a little little bit more profound mm. and the films lived with them, you know. Mm. And it's still with them on the buzz home or went to work the yeah. next day. And Absolutely. that's what sh- films should do. That's what art should do. It should challenge you sometimes and, and give you a kick up the arse and wake you up a little bit and show you something else. Absolutely.
0: Um, but it's, it's, um, one thing I did want to talk about beyond this was uh, one of your, your passions. Yeah. Which is, I believe you're a big fan of the Rocky films.
4: I adore Rocky films, yeah. Where did that come from for you? Um, it came from just being a kid in this little neighbourhood on this little estate and I I just watched Rocky and it changed my just changed my head I think it was the first time I'd seen anything and it was a a total revelation to me I just watched the film and thought I'm that guy Mm. I'm him I want to get out of here Mm. and there was a sense of saying "I, I don't I don't just want to be another bum from the neighborhood, you know, and I didn't mean to disrespect the, anybody I grew up with or where I'm from, but I just had that sense about me of like no, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. I'm getting out of here. That's what that film represented to me. And over the years as I as I watched it more and more as I got older, I realized just the subtlety of those performances and just how brilliant a film it is. Mm because um, it
0: gets denigrated doesn't people think about it over the years and they maybe think mm. oh yeah, it kind of started Stallone off as a star but it's quite simple minded in a way but it,
4: it's it's not it's really heartfelt one, yeah, one it's that. totally heartfelt and it's, it's like anything it's like Hannibal Lecter it becomes parodied and mm. now people look at that performance and think it's some kind of uh, some kind of over the top performance it's not Mm -hmm. you know when hopkins when you meet that character he looks like he could cut your gut open with his eyes you know (laughs) and and you believe it and he's not a physically imposing guy in terms of big muscles and that but you you sense the the creature inside him and with rocky i think somehow although i think rocky 2 is incredible i think um that the sequels seem to dilute the essence of what the first movie was and it it was a beautiful love story about broken people i see more comparisons with like tyrannosaur there's a lot of rocky in that you know with him keep turning up at the shop and Mm. you know just that sense of wanting to be around this woman and i always loved the purity of their relationship i thought it was beautiful Mm. that it's that, that rocky seemed to want to court her and you know and do <laughs> yeah. it the the right, the right way. And yeah. He was a very noble, beautiful character, Rocky. He was like the kind of saint of the, of the neighborhood hmm. and the incredible Burgess Meredith in there <laughs> with one of the greatest performances ever, I think. It's
0: great, isn't it? Have, yeah. you to, have you been to Philadelphia? Have you done the running up the steps
4: thing? No, I haven't. I and I will, you know. I was going to propose to my wife there. We were shooting the film in America with Jim Sheridan, and it was just after 9/11. And um, they, the producers weren't keen on us getting on a on a train to Philadelphia. We had a a day off. Okay. Um, and for some reason they were saying, no, 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 there's, I think they fashioned some bullshit and yeah, just, in case, just, so a, good a, yeah, don't get on the train. Um, not, not in case we get blown up, but in case we don't get back for filming the next morning oh, yeah. is usually the reason, you know. <laughs> was it that a posse of kids you were taking with you? Yeah, <laughs> on, yeah, going around and paying kids to run behind me and that. Yeah. But I, I, uh, no, I will do that. Yeah. I've got to do that. I always miss out on the Rocky moment. I mean, I've always, I've got this collection at home of Rocky memorabilia, you know, I've got stuff from collectible action figures and a cast of Stallone's face that's, I think it was taken from Rocky 3. I've got all kinds of uh, trinkets and business. Um, inside this big cabinet that's dedicated to Rocky. Okay. I'm a bit of a geek. But any time there's a Rocky moment, you know, I'm out of the mix. Like we were at the <laughs> BAFTAs a few years ago and Stallone came on stage and introduced the best British film BAFTA and Shane and Mark Herbert went up and won it. <laughs> and I'm sat there going, oh, man, I'm the Rocky <laughs> fan of <you." laughs> And then, like, even at the Biffers, the, you know, the other month, before they announced the, the debut director thing, that the, the, whoever won before me, they played Eye the Tiger as they walked to the stage. They were going, I always miss out on this shit. <laughs> I, mean, I never get my Rocky moment. Have you ever met Sly? No, I never have. Sly. No, that's the closest I ever got was when I saw him on that 50 stage. Yards away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> It'll you, happen. It's got to happen. It will happen.
4: Yeah, it's got to happen somewhere down the line.
0: They say never meet your heroes, though. That's, that's a dangerous one, isn't it? Yeah,
4: Maybe. Maybe. Well, I met, but you know, my real hero is a guy called Robert Pollard from Guarded by Voices. I met him and he was great. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, but That's the yeah, yeah, no, I don't think I'm destined to meet Sly. I think Rocky's Rocky's the, the thing, but you know, the, be- it's like one of those films though, that his heart and soul is in that film. Mm. He embodied that as a, as an artist at the time, he was broke and you know, there's all those great stories. <laughs> Thank uh, you. In case you want to what's happening, Stephanie our former editorial assistant, has
0: just appeared at the glass door with a piece of paper saying, Heat hearts Paddy C. That's kind. <laughs> she completely interrupted to train of thought, but that's okay, I'm professional. But,
4: yeah. I can't remember what I was saying <laughs> yeah. after that. It
0: was, uh, it was about Stallone, anyway. But, yeah, yeah like how he
4: embodied that. We that. Well, all them yeah. great stories, how he just kept turning down money Mm. yeah you know and and Mm. they wanted other actors and he just refused to let this project go because he he believed in it and he he definitely owned that film and there's that great story about when carl weathers came to audition do you know that story well carl weathers came in and stallone sat there with the casting director and apparently he came in to read for apollo and sat down and they read the scene and stallone read with him and apparently carl weathers said um do you mind if i read this with an actor and the <laughs> casting guy went, Oh, well, this is Sylvester. He's the guy who's going to be playing Rocky. Oh, my God. And there was an awkward moment where <laughs> I went, Oh, all oh, right, oh, okay then. <laughs> and apparently, Weathers went out the room, and legend has it that Stallone just turned to the casting director and said, I want him. That's him. That's ah. the guy.
2: You wanted to punch him, probably. <laughs> 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 <They've> got, yeah, <laughs> get his own back on him. Yeah, can we start with those scenes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Where
4: le- le- well, they obviously don't hit each other at all in the film, <laughs> no, you know. But right, <laughs> <right. So. laughs>
0: well, maybe just for once, maybe just you know, just, just to, to show me who's boss. Brilliant. Well, listen, Paddy, it's been a it's been a pleasure having you. Man. Thank you. Uh, what's next for you? Are you? Done? This is it? This is the last time story uh, promotional game? I,
4: I, well, like you say that, but you know they do <laughs> pull you back in. There's going to be something next week that's going to come up. But um, it's getting near the end of it. It's time to go, you know, and leave it behind. I've got, uh, I've got to get on with writing this next film, and, and I'd be lucky if I was in production with it later this year. So, and I really want to get behind the camera again. So, I think it's time to say goodnight to this movie, and I'll see it in ten years' time again.
0: Fantastic. Well, it is out on DVD and Blu-ray if you want to pick it up. Uh, I do urge you to check it out because it is fantastic. And uh, wish you all the best with a new one.
4: Thank you, Chris. Thank, right. you Thank you, guys. God Thank bless. You. Thanks. Thank you.
0: The magnificent Patty Considine there, and to win one of three signed Tyrannosaur posters signed by Patty, just answer this very, very simple question. Patty starred alongside Russell Crowe in which boxing movie? Google it, IMDB it. It's not that difficult. I'll tell you the answer. No, I won't. Uh, email your answer to podcast at empireonline.com. We'll read out the winners next week and get those posters sent off to you ASAP. Next up, it's time for some reviews. <coughs> If you rock up to the multiplex this weekend and you're not quite sure which movie to spunk your hard earned cash on, Splooge, please. Splooge, sorry. Technical term. Splooge your hard earned cash on. Let us help you with our wonderful reviews roundup. Now, Helen, we're just about to lose you uh, because you're off to interview a hunky man. Hey, Um, somebody's got to do it. So let's get uh, This Means War, which has two more hunky men. See, this is amazing. You're being pigeonholed already. Uh, (laughs) Let's get it out of the way. Uh, What is This Means War? And should people go see it?
1: Uh, this Means War is a film almost scientifically designed to appeal equally to both sexes. Uh, it's very, very clever in that sense. So basically, uh, the the bit for girls is that Reese Witherspoon plays a normal gr- girl, very likeable, as she as she often plays, um, and she is trying to get onto the dating scene and be a bit more proactive about finding the love of her life, and she starts dating two handsome men, played by Chris Pine, a.k.a. Captain Kirk, mm-hmm. and Tom Hardy, a.k.a. Bane. Um, <laughs> are so they playing
0: Captain Kirk and Bane in the film, or I are they playing wish, two different characters?
1: different slightly different see this is where it gets the bit for the boys comes in as well uh, okay because it turns out that unbeknownst to reese mm-hmm. these two are actually best buds and partners no and spies <laughs> Shit. you know it so that means we have action we have explosions we have spy goings on mm-hmm. um and even though the two agree that they should both you know have a chance with her and that she should make her decision um with without either of them trying to you know uh, trying to win, essentially, that she mm-hmm. should be the one to make up the decision. Neither of them can quite leave it alone and they start spying on each other and plotting against each other and using their spy tricks in dirty ways.
0: Wow. Um, I'll be honest with you, that does not sound good.
2: <laughs> oh, well,
1: I think, I mean, yes, it's it's kind of, I mean, let's be honest, it's stupid. I, I'm, okay. I'm not going to deny that. It's <laughs> really, really stupid. Um, it's big, high concept, uh, like you wouldn't believe. Uh-huh. Um, but it is quite well played and and I really I I didn't expect it to be good I thought it would be dreadful but I was actually quite charmed by it and the reason I was quite charmed I think is because the three leads have really good chemistry they work really well together they're very funny and the script is a little bit better than you'd expect so it's it's funnier than you're, you fear right now. Right Maybe. now, you're thinking it's horrible. There's a
3: poster quote. The script is a little bit better than you'd expect. <laughs> 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 They're charming.
0: Um, it's all right. Guns. And so guns. Gets away with it. guns. it. It is
1: McGee, Let's not. But let's not dwell on that. Let's just, you know, put that to one side. Mm.
0: If you see one movie this year probably
2: <laughs> don't make it this means <laughs> yeah, more, but, but it's,
1: it's 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 a fun movie yeah. if you're if you're if it's friday night you're tired okay and you don't want to concentrate <laughs> on the terence malik tree of life
2: rearrange the words you know? faint damning and praise no, into I've any really particular it. order
1: i'm just trying to make it i actually i i not,
2: we saw it together didn't we i we did. i kind of i kind of enjoyed it I, The See, opening. he does a clever PFI thing guy, so. And the bfi there's guy there's a gun to your head you're being assaulted by a squad squad likes silly movie Shocker. It's um he it, it does a clever thing. He it, it makes an opening sequence so terrible that it blows your expectations <laughs> for the entire movie. Yeah. But it's got great Scott, oh the the scene if you if you go see it you'll you'll it's a know what trip. I mean. With Tom Hardy's very funny. It's got some funny stuff. In. The thing that I had a problem with is they play these two spies and both of them bug the hell I mean literally, bug her house. Yeah. surveillance the hell Massive. out of this woman. Yeah. I've tried that in relationships, it doesn't seem to work.
1: <laughs> and I'll be honest. They use I the mean- word stalking. Yeah, stalking. Yes, Phil. It is. It's is it? Stalking, it is stalking. As it turns out, but it's charming speaking.
2: in this film. Um, apparently, it's
1: it's it's something that they get away with because they're they look like Chris Pine and Tom Hardy. Oh, good point. Hardy, yeah. But but also, I mean, <laughs> they, yes, they do. They break so many laws; it's not even funny. They would surely be fired by the end of the film. By her, actually. though,
2: surely. I mean, like, do they know so much. of yeah. They know they go through anyway. I don't know. So uh, you know, but again, those. Chris Pine okay. and Tom Hardy. True, Hyde, okay. So,
1: yeah.
0: All right, they're, they're, okay. Well, yeah. the, the official Empire verdict by you.
1: It was, yes.
0: It's uh, three stars, which is yeah. a recommendation in yes. our book. So if you're drunk, bored, or on the
2: verge of death this weekend, do try and call the know, multiplex it, to see listen,
1: it's, it looks good. It, it, the, the, the dialogue is snappy. Yeah, it's right.
2: not it's that bad. It's playful, and it's kind of fun. Yeah. So yeah. That's where, because you've got to go interview I Hunky Man. Man. Hunky um, Man. Is, I'm not going to ask who wins. okay.
0: Uh, I thought i imagine the American. Uh, <gasps> <laughs> who's your favourite, Chris Pine or Tom Hardy?
1: Chris Pine, weirdly. Really? I liked him even in crappy rubbish films like... This means know, War. Princess, <laughs> no, no, like Princess Diaries 2 and like Just My Life with Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> I find him charming.
0: Okay, well I think we've spent more time on yes, This Means War than, than perhaps. It should be spent on it. Uh, Let's move on to uh, Project X uh, which is Todd Phillips found footage teen party movie. Um, Now should you go and see this? Well I'm the only person in this room who has seen it so I'm gonna say no and rather than discuss it I'm just gonna read excerpts from my review. Uh, It wants to be a love letter to movies like Weird Science, Porky's and Superbad with a little bit of the hangover thrown in for good measure. Instead it's a cinematic equivalent of someone chucking a brick through your window tied to a dog turd in a box. Criminally witless It's a movie whose idea of humour is shoving a midget in an oven, then having said midget punch people in the testicles. Actually, that is quite (laughs) funny.
1: It (laughs) It
0: does sound good, doesn't it? It doesn't genuinely present itself as realistic and edgy. Uh, There's a pamphlet that passes for a script when it comes to comedy the director has a sure and subtle touch of the hulk star of course at marvel adventures assemble uh... it is a celebration of stupid a funfair effectlessness obviously i gave it five stars no it's uh... it's absolutely dreadful it is quite possibly the worst film i've seen in the last twenty years certainly the worst comedy yeah. i've seen in the last twenty years it makes me fear for the future uh... not just of america but of the world Did you see because if these self-satisfied brats are in charge of the country in the next five ten years then we're all going to die I did, yes, I did not see Couples Retreat. Uh, okay. why, why are you asking? Uh, well, I just,
2: yeah, it might be worth, you know, as a barometer. Nothing can be as bad okay. as Project X. So you didn't enjoy it much? No, I loved it it's okay. great
0: absolutely fantastic and uh, last but not least is the Paul Rudd Jennifer Aniston comedy Wanderlust Ali what's this about this is about uh, a pair of Manhattanites uh, Jennifer Aniston
3: plays Linda and Paul Rudd plays George they both move into this uh, new studio apartment they buy somewhere nice very specific nice with Manhattan. character names well yeah they they give them names <laughs> <Okay>. So <laughs> it helps the movies to give people yeah, to. <laughs> otherwise it's just uh, you guy and uh, her <laughs> anyway so they are forced to move out of their flat after George that's his character name Chris mm-hmm. loses his job, so they have to go to um, Paul Rudd's character's brother's George. house. Thank you, I forgot. In Atlanta, unfortunately, George's brother is a total dick, um, and uh, that's not very good. So they leave. um Anyway, along the way, it turns out they stayed at a B and B, but it wasn't a B and B. It was actually a hippie commune, and they start um, kind of having fun with the guys there and discovering their inner chi and all that kind of stuff. It sounds stupid. It is stupid. I think Mm. it falls into the same category as This Means War. Not in terms of it being a kind of a pastiche of a sci-fi, not sci-fi, spy movie or anything like that. It's just kind of goofy. It's kind of silly. And it survives. It remains watchable because of the intense charm of its lead characters. I personally think Paul Rudd is a very watchable screen presence, a Mm -hmm. really interesting kind of charming, confident, funny, silly guy. Um, And Jennifer Aniston, likewise. They've obviously come back together after working together in friends. Um, over a decade ago and it's nice to see them on screen together otherwise it kind of feels like a uh, a very long but very enjoyable Saturday Night Live skit you know okay so there are hippies and you know these Manhattanites are there and ha 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 I'm not really selling this well but it's actually quite (laughs) funny
2: it's quite funny Is there a scene where they get stoned accidentally and then take their clothes off and have to play guitar on a campfire, but they're really embarrassed about it. And You are happens. referring to the trailer,
3: and the trailer is terrible. If you've seen the trailer in the cinema... The you, trailer does not, maybe you want to watch it. As it as well. and you, you file the film under, for the love of God, never watch this. Mm. I think this is one of those borderline two-star, borderline three-star films where you'll watch it if you love Paul Rudd or Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. You, you know these people who just go, right, well, they're my favourites, so I'm going to go and see them. Um, I have the same thing for Jason Statham. But I... It, it's fun, it's fine, it's silly It's nowhere near as bad as people are saying it is um, uh, Certain British newspapers that begin with G Have given it really, really low ratings um, And other people have just kind of been a little bit more generous And I think a little bit more honest It's just a silly, fun movie um, It's also uh, directed by David Wayne Who previously mm. brought you Role Models And yep. also Wet Hot American Summer mm-hmm. He also writes it It also features um, Alan Alder, um As everyone knows I love Alan Alder. He's brilliant mm. um, Also Justin Theroux plays uh, one of the, the This is where uh, biggest Jennifer biggest Anderson titties.
0: met Justin Theroux, isn't it?
3: Yes, that'll be right, I think so. I don't know the precise details. Can you see sparks fly? Kind of. You can see a lot of a lot of hair and a lot of hippie jokes. Also, it's got Malin Ackerman oh, yeah, um, yeah. being very, very pretty, uh, which she does really well. Um, and I think she's going to continue doing that for a while, so I'm really pleased with her.
0: Would you go and see Wanderlust? If you were at the cinema and it was up there and you had a choice between Wanderlust, and this means more, that's, that's Rule Project X out of the equation which one would you go and see?
3: I would go and see Paul Rudd because uh, a friend that I often go and see films with loves Paul Rudd Mm -hmm. so I'm slightly biased but I think that's part of why people watch movies
0: It's a Rudd slide (laughs) It's a Rudd slide Uh, and that is reviews Hope that's helped If it hasn't, that's a recap Do not go and see Project X under any circumstances ever and possibly maybe go see Wanderlust and this means more um, If you're feeling generous If you're feeling generous or in the mood but it sounds like this is a job for DVD And that's it for the inaugural Empire podcast. Phil has raised his hands triumphantly in the air. Ali has raised his boombox above his head and is playing Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes. It's all quite emotional. Uh, Thanks, Ali. Thanks, Phil. Pleasure for being here. It's amazing. Thanks, Thanks, Helen, for being here and then not being here. And you know what? Thanks most of all to you guys for listening. Uh, contact us on Twitter, hashtag EmperorPodcast and an email, podcast at Online with your thoughts, what you want to see in the show, what you want to hear, what you want us to cover next. In the meantime, we'll see you next week for more It fun. Bye bye.